Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International in our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. In Judges chapter 6, these words in verse 1, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. God basically backed away and other nations came and pretty soon the results were famine, desolate, dry, arid, nothing growing because it said they would come down and they would take everything. They would destroy every crop. They'd take everything that these people had worked for, maybe all their lives. In verse 5 it says, they came up with their cattle, their tents. They came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. Imagine that, without number. Coming down all the hills, everything filling the valleys. What were these people to do? They had certainly sinned against God. It was time to call upon God. Hey, Janice. Hey, look. I found little baby grapes. Oh, cool. Gonna be mamas and papas someday, huh? <laughs> yeah, it'll take a while, but eventually they'll be worth eating. If they get any water. You know, I grew up in grape country. Uh, Lodi, California. In fact, it's claim to fame, and might still be its claim to fame. It's the Toke grape capital of the world. And the big social event when I was growing up, every September, the grape festival and they would make whole murals out of different varieties of grapes they would uh, wipe them in oil roll them in oil and then make these murals out of all the different colors and grapes were such a big thing when it was time for that harvest i mean everybody was getting in a good mood because it was like holiday time in lodi but i can tell from looking at this vineyard that it doesn't look like it's been particularly well cared for. I don't think uh, it's gotten any water at all. No, it looks like this one has just kind of been left to whatever water it can get from Mother Nature, but it's not being pruned, it's not being taken care of the way they should. You know, that's basically what happened with Israel. You know, they every time they'd get out and try and do something in the fields, the enemy would show up. They might get killed, stampeded, stomped on, whatever, but even if they grew something, the enemy would take it all. So they'd get nothing anyway. Matter of fact, one day, a story that I like is a, a guy named Gideon. Uh-huh. But Gideon is a real chicken heart. You know, I mean, <laughs> basically he's hiding someplace, I get the feeling around a vineyard where the wine press is. So he can kind of hide right. down in the wine press, but he's got a little bit of wheat. He found a little bit of wheat, so he's threshing the wheat in the wine press out of the sight of everybody. He was hiding. Absolutely hiding, yeah. He was scared to death, as if, as if everybody else was too. But the interesting thing is, it says the children of Israel cried unto God. God <laughs> says, okay, now I can work with that. <laughs> you know, you call unto me, I can work with that. And I imagine you've experienced that too. Oh, yes. Why is it that it's not until we're really, really in trouble that we tend to go, God, I need you. I'm always the sort, I'm thinking of, okay, 
this has happened, so I can do this, I can pull it out if I work harder, if I do this. And then it's finally after I've exhausted everything I can do that I go, oh, maybe I should talk to God about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's every time I say, and why wasn't that what you did first? I don't know, stupid human. We all do that kind of thing. You know, we do everything else and then we say, oh, now let's right. pray, you know, last situation. But here's Gideon now, he's, he's hiding and the angel of the Lord shows up. Says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. This is, this is the- The God. same Gideon that was hiding from the Midianites? This still is. <laughs> and he's a mighty man of valor? Yeah, yeah, think about that. You know, how, how many times have you uh, thought that God can't do anything through you? Oh, well, daily. <laughs> you know me, I'm pathologically insecure. Yeah, but, but here's... So I really relate to that. First of all, the hiding yeah. from problems. Yeah, yeah. That's a specialty of mine. And not thinking to call on God until I'm at the end of my rope, rather than calling on God at the beginning of my rope. Yeah. But having God see you in a way that you don't picture yourself. Through His eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible that He would see Gideon hiding in a wine press and say, you mighty man of valor. Gideon must have stood there and said, you know, yeah. is there someone else in here with me? Now the real interesting thing is Gideon says, you're coming to me and you're expecting me to do something. Where have you been? You know, have you, have you looked at the grapes? Have you, have you looked at the land? Do you know what's going on? And you expect me to do something? Should I trust you? <laughs> and basically, you know, the angel continues on slowly and gently, you know, with him. He tells Gideon, you're going to save Israel. Gideon says, what? <laughs> have you looked around? Nobody it, would have bet on Gideon saving no. Israel. Do you know who my family, well, our family is the lowest on the, on the, the rung of the nations. And what have you done for us? But the angel continues to assure him, you, you need to do this. Now, he continues on a little bit and basically, he tells him, look, you need to go and destroy your father's worship area. His father, who was an Israelite, worshiped Baal. So he had a statue, he had everything else. There's a little problem said, right there. Yeah, would you, you know, like Why to... would anyone in Israel have an altar that was not to God? Exactly, but not only that, how would you like to go against your father? You no. Know? How many You how never many met children? my father, no. Yeah, yeah, you know, but the angel says to do it. So basically, finally do it. Well, the next day there is an absolute, uh, you know, furor in the village. They're ready to kill, you know, and finally, finally. They you know, don't know who destroyed it? They really didn't know who, well, they kind of did. They kind of did. But here's the situation. They're ready to kill him. And one of them comes, you're going to kill somebody here for destroying a false god. Well, that kind of calmed everything down. Then the angel continues on and he says, look, you're going to now deliver the whole nation. I want you to get an army together, you know, a small army, and I want you to meet with me. Look, he said, yes, Gideon, look, look, he said, I really want to know it's you. I really want to know it's you and that you're God and that you're who you say you are. And I'm going to put out a fleece if it's okay, Lord. I don't, I don't mean to, you know, get <laughs> bold here, but I'm going to put out a fleece. And tomorrow morning, if that fleece is absolutely soaking wet, then I'll believe you. 
He gets up the next morning, I imagine pretty excited. He runs out, he grabs the fleece. It's so heavy with water. He rings out in the Bible, quotes how many cups of water came out of that. I can relate because there are times I want to know, okay, did that thought really come from God or is that just some random thought of mine? The pizza from last night. <laughs> <laughs> or the pizza from last night. So I like that God works with us and, and will tolerate. He doesn't go, you want a sign from me? No, off with you. Yeah, yeah God, what you're just saying, God is patient. Yes. Patient, gentle, leads us step by step. Now get in. He's a little more bold. Lord, pre-adventure, I, I just ask you one more thing, Lord. Pre-adventure <laughs> like in the Bible. Like he hasn't I don't know, asked you know. enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he said, Lord, look, you know, nature could have done this. <laughs> nature could have gotten that thing wet. So Lord, how about I put out the fleece tonight and everything else will be wet and my fleece will be bone dry. And the Lord says, I agree to it. I agree to it. <laughs> he gets up the next morning, flies out, picks up that fleece, and there, there is nothing and the ground is soaking wet everywhere else. So God answered his prayer. You know, it, it is so amazing what, what God will do for each one of us to lead us slow, slowly, slowly. And what you said earlier, Janice, about, about uh, the, the whole situation of our relationship to God, a man of valor. He wasn't a man of valor, but God is leading a him. A man of valor who knew he was a man of valor wouldn't be saying, all right, Lord, I want a sign. And then when he gets the sign going, uh, just to make sure, see, yeah. that's me. Yeah. I would be doing that, but that's because I'm not particularly brave. But God is leading him step by step to God's vision of what he knew he could do in his life. And he needed that confidence. God knew that Gideon needs this assurance, more assurance than maybe some people of faith would need, but he needed to know without any question that God was with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I can't help but think of a story. So many times, you know, it's the devil that says, God does this and God does that and God is mean and God is vengeful. Or making you know, us doubt. Yeah, but that's not God. You know, I remember years ago, we had a car, uh, well, it was a van actually, kind of one of those little camper vans and uh -huh. it had the pop-up top with a fiberglass top. Right. We parked it over in a neighbor's uh, area because there was a big storm coming and we wanted to get it off the street. Well, the next morning we go and this huge limb of this tree had fallen right down through the thing and broken it. <laughs> I call up the insurance company and said, storm last night, it busted the top. And they said, well, I'm sorry, that's an act of God. <laughs> and, and I said, how about if I take you to court and prove it was an act of the devil? There was silence on the other end. <laughs> we blame God for so many things. We and do. you continually find Old and New Testament God has such a heart for each one of us. You know, he leads us, he calls us, he nurtures us with his vision of what we will be in the future. I know he's done that with you. Oh, yes. There are many times I have argued with God. It might be something as simple as, I feel moved to go and call someone or to visit someone or to speak up and say something. And I'm going, I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want someone to think I'm, you know, one of those Jesus freaks. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm a Bible thumping, you know, the bad image that some Christians have. And more often than I would like to admit, I hesitate and then that moment is lost. Uh, but God keeps with me and other times I've had the courage, partly I think because I've failed and I know what it felt like to fail. And I feel 
awful for that, but God isn't making me feel awful. It just gives me the determination, God, if I ever have that opportunity again, I won't blow it this time. Yeah. He is and, patient. And by God's power living in you, you won't. You know, that's the key is Jesus living in you. Jesus can do all things in you when he's living in you because it's him doing it all. You know, that's what's so cool. And his view of us is far different from our view of yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Now, you know, I tell you, God's got a lot more for Gideon here. And he says, tell him, go get an army now. Go get an army. I don't like surprises. I like to know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. I make lists and I always have a plan A, B, and sometimes C. Needless to say, in today's uncertain world, I struggle with an embarrassing amount of anxiety. If that sounds familiar, you need to send for this free pamphlet, Certainty in an Uncertain World. To order your free copy, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 121 and find hope for today and tomorrow. I've had the opportunity to travel and film in many countries of the world. You see, I hate doing the same old thing, filming in a studio. No, that's boring. Maybe cheap, but who wants to watch? Very few people. I've found that people love programs that take the viewer outside, into the field. They like programs that take the viewer on a journey. That's what Talking Donkey International does. Our team decided it was time to create, innovate, and produce programs that go beyond the cookie-cutter approach to television production. The Lord's returning very soon. We need to act like it and work like it. That's why I'm committed. That's why Talking Donkey International is committed to doing all we can for as many as we can for as long as we can in new, creative, and exciting ways. Please partner with us today. Your prayers and financial support are needed to take this ministry around the world. So Gideon gathers all the men, all the, all the warriors. He brings them basically before God. And God said, Gideon, it's too many men. And I can imagine Gideon saying, too many men, Lord. That's exactly what I would be thinking. I'd be going, no, I need two or three times that. Yeah, don't you understand, Lord? Did you look out over the hills over there and see how many there are the enemy? But anyway, God says, too many. He said, get rid of them. Tell them, tell them if you're scared, if you're afraid, go home. And they Mine went. would be the first hand in the air. Yeah, 22,000 men went. Now, the next thing he says, and I'm going to let you hold my Bible. I'm going to demo this a little bit because the Bible, some people may not understand exactly what happened here, but God says, okay, take those 10,000 men down to the water. They get down to the water and God says, I want you to test these men. So Gideon is still thinking, what is going on? God says, let, let the men drink. So you've got your guys that get down and they're in there in the water in all fours. Then you've got the other group that they're lapping up their water Actually, the Lord refers to it like a dog. So they're lapping up but their the water. But the first group had just put their faces right in the water? They're right there just sucking the water up. And here's the difference. The group that are down in there, they can't see any enemy. They're not watching anything. 
But the second group were lapping water. These are real soldiers. These are real men who are ready for the enemy at any moment. They stayed alert and were looking around. Exactly. And God now, he separates this group. There's what? We had 10,000. He gets rid of 9,700 more. So we've got 300. Three, 300 left. That's Gideon's army. That's the entire army, 300 men. How would that make you feel? I would have been in the first group of 22,000 that said, they're not yeah. enough of us, I, I'm out of here. You know, They got permission. When he said, if anyone's you know, getting a little nervous about this, that would be me. Yeah. I, I'm always anxious. Yeah. That yeah. would have just, the level of anxiety, my cortisol levels would have been here. This is a real moment of truth for Gideon. Am I going to stay where I am, or am I going to go with God and go with God's plan? You know, that's what we've all got to decide, right? Whether we stay here or go with God. You know, after the creek, which was, you know, probably a lot more gorgeous than this, they found themselves here. The Midianites, the Amalekites, all the nations. Let me read something to you here. It's Judges chapter 7 and verse 12. It, it kind of sets the, you know, the, the idea of what was going on. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east. How many? All. All lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. There were so many that they couldn't even estimate a real number. Yeah, this picture in my mind, this writer is trying to, you know, God gives him the, either the vision or he was right there. And he's looking at this and it's like, how do you even number them? You know, they're just covering the landscape, the landscape as far as the eye can see. So it's, it's pretty daunting. <laughs> and all these guys are out there and God tells Gideon, you know, now, okay, it's time now, you know, and still Gideon. Remember, we talked about the man of valor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, he starts instructing his fellows, okay, we're gonna go up on the mountains over here. We're gonna each take a picture. We're gonna put a, a torch inside there so it's covered up. And then we're gonna take a trumpet. That's not normally what soldiers take into battle with them. Yeah, and how many guys is this? 300. 300, that's it. How many, how many soldiers are out there? There were more than they could even count. Yeah, without number. I mean, you talk about a situation of God better be in control. That's the only way you'd get me out there. Yeah, but how do you even know? You know, I mean, how do you know that? How do you know that God is in control? That's a real question. But he gave them clues. Early on. Yeah. Early on, he gave them those signs to reassure him that he was with them. So there are only 300 that didn't get sent, sent home at the creek. And now they get a trumpet and a pitcher. At that point, I might be thinking, can I go home? Yeah, I, I think of myself, if I was Gideon, you know, and I get up over the top of that hill and I'm looking over those vast armies, I mean, all the men of the East, <laughs> all the men of the East, and Midianites and Amalekites without number, sands of the sea, their camels and everything else. Well, they brought all the camels because somebody rode on those camels. So there's the sands of the sea. And I've got to be thinking, whoa, what did I get myself into? Right. It's like, what are we doing here? Can we go home now too? 
Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should have left with the first group that went home. Maybe I made a mistake. You know, have you ever done that in your life? Have I ever made a mistake? Uh, let me count the ways. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we all do that. Though. We all, we all, even as Christians, you know, you, you can believe in God, but there's always things that come up and you kind of, well, did I make the right decision? Did I, I find myself in a really tough spot, God? I second guess myself all the time. That's why I relate to Gideon. Hiding myself, asking God over and over again, now, are you sure? You know, can you make it a little clearer? Because I'm not the kind you can just whisper in my ear. I have often told him, you know, if this is what you want, you have to hit me upside the head with a two by four. I remember when I first became a Christian, I would go outside in the middle of the night and I'd look up at the stars and say, God, if you're really there, just, just move one star just a little bit. That's not a big <laughs> deal for you if you're really God, just, just one star, Lord. And I'd sit and I'd look and I'd pray, not a single star ever moved, you know? <laughs> and I imagine God just kind of laughed a little bit because after a while, you know, I learned and there were other things that God did in my life that showed very plainly God was in charge. There've been periods in my life when, you know, that cloud of depression is kind of hovering and, and getting deeper and just ordinary tasks can seem overwhelming. I remember one time sitting on the hearth in front of the wood stove I needed to go to the next town to do some shopping and that seemed, I didn't even know how to go about it. It's like I didn't have the energy to get up and I kept wishing I had someone to go with me. But as depression will, I couldn't think of anyone who would actually want to go with me. I mean, that's how crazy my brain can get where just ordinary things seem unmanageable. But you know, what God did for me then my phone rang and thankfully I answered it and it was a friend just calling to chat saying well what are you doing today and I found the courage to go well I was you know thinking of going I have to go to the mall and it just you know I wasn't sure if I could do it today she goes oh I'll go with you and well, I'm sitting there with the phone going well thank you God that clearly was an answer from you my phone rang again another friend and she said the same thing, you know, what are you doing today? And I tell her, and she goes, oh, that sounds like fun, I'll go with you. So I hadn't even specifically said, God, would you send me a friend so I have the courage to go face the mall in spite of the fact that I feel so horrible. And he just did it, and it made me laugh. You know, the thing is, God knows your heart. He knows everybody's heart. He knew Gideon's heart. And he said, Gideon, if you're really scared, I want you to go down the valley and I want you to listen to what those men are talking about. And if you're really scared, take your servant with you. So he finally decides to go down. He sneaks down to the camp and he listens in to what these guys are talking about. And these guys are talking about Gideon. The one says, I just had a dream. And this Gideon, basically, the idea, he wiped out, he wiped out the nation. I, we're scared to death. Well, Gideon, that gave him some courage. He well, goes, yes. yeah, he goes <laughs> back up the hill, you know, and, and tells everybody it's time, get ready. And he's got his hundred men with him. Then he's got the other group of a hundred, another group of hundred on the other hills. And all of a sudden he said, when I blow the trumpet, he blew the trumpet, everybody blows their trumpets and they start yelling and screaming and they break their, their vessels that they had concealing the lights. And all of a sudden it looks like this vast armies on all the mountains and they're yelling and screaming and God caused all the armies down below to begin fighting one another. They got so scared they started killing one another and began rooting the entire army. 
Then God says, okay, now, you know, call the rest of Israel and go chase these guys and get rid of them. I'm the one who did the work, so now you can, you know, go on. So they really didn't need their own spears. God had it worked out. That trumpet and a pitcher was enough because the enemy was wiping itself out. But it's so interesting how God uses us. God works with us, you know, and gets us to be a part of it, a part of his work. And look at the result of Gideon's decision. When he was in the wine press, when the angel came to him, when he was hiding, not feeling courageous, he could have said no, because God doesn't force us to do things. He encourages, but he doesn't force. Gideon could have said, uh, no, you got the wrong guy. Try the one in the wine press, you know, the next one over. But he didn't. He may have needed some signs, some encouragement, but he stepped out and he did it. And that's what inspired Israel to quit hiding. It inspired Israel to fight the Midianites. It inspired those 300 men to go up that hill with him with a trumpet and a pitcher, no weapons, against an innumerable army. That one little courage, bit of courage that Gideon found, and the result was monumental. I think about monumental results. Would you like monumental results in your life? There's a text found in Isaiah, it's chapter 41, verse 10, I'd like to share with you. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Who? God. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand, my right hand of righteousness. That's the God we serve. That's the God that Gideon got to know. He didn't know God too well early on, but God led him step by step by step. He, he drew him. He, he was patient with him. God will be patient with you too. Just call upon God. Call upon him right now. He'll answer you. He'll take his right hand. He'll lift you up, help you go through any battles and trials, the troubles of this world. There's no problem with God. There is never anything that catches God unawares. I never find in the Bible any place, Janice, where God says, oh man, I never saw that one coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. There's not a trial in your life that God doesn't know about and that he can't handle. Please choose God today, call upon him. I don't like surprises. I like to know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. I make lists and I always have a plan A, B, and sometimes C. Needless to say, in today's uncertain world, I struggle with an embarrassing amount of anxiety. If that sounds familiar, you need to send for this free pamphlet, Certainty in an Uncertain World. To order your free copy, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 121 and find hope for today and tomorrow. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world, not just those of our denomination. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.